2: Celebrity Book Club
3: Good afternoon, madame. Can I show you a selection of our finest jewellery?
4: Absolutely. My husband is insisting on treating me for my upcoming birthday. He wants to get me a ring. Or maybe a
3: diamond bracelet. Oh, well, your your husband has wonderful taste. I can see you're quite an elegant, charming young woman. Of course, you must be turning 27.
4: Oh, please. I wish. Hike up a little farther. But yes, my husband is an important surgeon and... He loves me.
3: Well, here at Bland Clapfuls in St. Louis, we have only the finest diamonds, emeralds, rubies, gold, silver, and platinum wares.
4: What if we started with, I don't know, some platinum rings?
3: That sounds beautiful for whom, with your alabaster skin tone, let me get out a tray full of rings.
4: Oh, you look like you like
3: jazz. Oh, oh my. How did you know? Yes, I I actually just went to a fabulous performance last night at Old Buster's down on 17th Lane.
4: Oh, Old Buster's. That's so funny. That's where my husband and I had our second date. And I said, okay, this guy, he's all right.
3: Oh, God. You are so disarming, young lady. Oh, here, oh. let me get another tray of rings for you to try on.
4: Oh, perfect. Um, Do you mind sliding? Let me just slide. I want to compare. See, I... I love the um, circle cut, but don't you think the quadruple cut makes my ring finger look thinner?
3: Oh, absolutely. Yes. The African blood cut looks incredible on your middle finger. And, oh, here, yeah, but mm. why, don't, why don't you try this we'll bracelet? well? we paired it with a well. bracelet. Yes, 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 yes. Doesn't that look lovely? Here, wait. Let me get one of our 17 string emeralds. Oh, my goodness. That's... Oh,
4: my God. It looks amazing. I mean, honestly, he got me a pretty small Christmas present. Maybe I can persuade him <laughs> to get me two <laughs> oh, things. Honey.
3: Yes, we, we wouldn't want to have your husband um, not be satisfied no. with. In the with... doghouse? Yes, yes, yes.
4: I make him a chicken pot pie, extra chicken, extra cream every Friday night.
3: Oh my god! I my my daughter just came home from university and made us chicken pot pie last Friday. I, that's so relatable. You're a
4: mother, but you look so young. <laughs> She's in college. It couldn't be.
3: Oh oh god! You you flatter me too much. I
4: oh no. I'll have to give you my recipe for chicken pot pie. She'll love it.
3: No, I seem to have forgotten how many rings have you tried on.
4: Oh, I just tried on the two, and I don't think the bracelet is for me. So. I'll just give you this one back, and I do think I need to come back with my husband. I, I'm i a decisive woman, but he does call the shots, and I kind of like it that way.
3: Oh, dear. All right, let me just get you one more tray of our most magnificent jewels to try on very quickly. Oh, hold on. Oh, no, my boss is ringing the phone and sending letters and, and, and telling me that there's a carrier pigeon on their way. Oh, God, I'm so flustered. Here, wait, just try on these jewels quickly. Oh, calm Please,
4: down. I, we... it's, okay. G- it's okay. Okay, oh, you're right. Oh, God,
3: you've really disarmed me. Well, I, I have to be closing up shop, but, but are you willing to make a purchase or... or,
4: or... I just... Oh, oh, I forgot my checkbook. I left it at the butcher's. See, I was buying ribs. Oh, God, I love ribs. To make for my husband because he loves ribs. And again, he gets what he wants. Look, um, I'm going to go home, make him him ribs, sweeten him up, and then we're going to come here tomorrow at open and choose whatever he wants to buy me. You've been such a doll. I
3: I trust you with my life for some reason. Thank you so much. And I, I, I'm i sure I'll see you tomorrow. I have no doubt in my mind that you'll be back.
4: You have a good evening, ma'am. And thank you again.
3: Oh, oh gosh. Now I have all these trays out. Oh, goodness. My, my boss isn't upset with me. way I've made a mess of the inventory. <laughs> Wait a minute. Where did the the double ruby-crusted emerald... Inlaid long form watch go. That was our most expensive watch. My that must have cost fifty five thousand dollars. I did I misplace it? Oh no.
4: Sir, can I have a one way ticket to Cleveland on your Greyhound bus leaving at eight forty five? I'll pay cash. That
3: knocking at the door It's all your friends, you filthy whore Your husband's gone And we've got books And a bottle of wine to kill It's Hollywood It's books It's gossip I'm shook It's memoirs It's martinis It's, it's Studio 54 it's- Celebrity Book Club Come read it while it's hot Celebrity Book Club Tell your secrets, we won't talk Celebrity Book Club No boys are allowed Celebrity Book Club
4: What's up? Buzz me in, I brought the Cuervo. Hello, Hello, best friend. Hello, friend, best friend. Or so called best friend. Mm
3: hmm. So good to see you in this part of town.
4: The Diamond District. <laughs> it's so nice how we record near Harry Winston's.
3: Near Tiffany's.
4: The Great Department Store. Bergdorf's.
3: Van Arpfel's. Van <laughs>
4: Cleef Arpfel's.
3: Cartier. Bulgari.
4: David Yurman,
3: mm. <laughs> Swarovski.
4: Mm. You, my girlfriend didn't know like who David Yurman was.
3: So iconic of her living under the rock. Yeah. I mean, I guess David Yurman is not iconic because it's more just like Billboard and nineties and like Kate Moss and yeah. Giselle I think and of it
4: as one of like the iconic kind of advertised jewelers, but no one's ever like, ugh. He got me a David Yurman. No. <laughs> <So I laughs> Do you know guess- anyone who's
3: ever, like, been gifted something from K?
4: <laughs> I truly gifted something from K. Because we talk about K jewelers. It was a huge part of our childhood.
3: Right. Every guess begins with K.
4: Thinking, thinking, no. What about... What's the other one? Zales. Do you know anyone who's gotten something from Zales No, however? all I know
3: is that one time when I bought, remember I bought that cubic zirconia ring at the QVC oh. studios in Westchester, Pennsylvania, that we, when we took that crazy road trip there and 20s. We took a
4: crazy road trip to QVC where I got bed bugs. we went to Atlantic City, and then we ended up at the QVC studios.
3: And I did pass out in my sob after vomiting into a trash can but at the casino. Was... <laughs> and I made you and I fell asleep in the backseat.
4: In your tiny sob. And it was really cool because it was like you are so like old-fashioned race car and you drive stick <laughs> so like none of us could drive so literally none,
3: none of my girlies could drive. you like trapped your girlies
4: car. okay i also remember you and arabella being so twisted that trip and you guys were like so into cigarettes and we're like let's close the windows and smoke in the sob and i was like um ew <laughs> and you're like come on lily Close the windows, let's smoke.
3: We were young, we were into smoking. We didn't know know about cancer. It hadn't been discovered yet. It was the 40s.
4: 1942. And also not even like hot boxing weed, just hot boxing (laughs) cigarette smoke, smoke, like the parliament lights.
3: Anyway, the reason we're talking about jewels and thievery and hijinks and casinos. And casinos
4: and driving. We
3: read uh, a really crazy, fabulous, iconic memoir.
4: Such an iconic book. Like every page, you're just like, Go all I tore the way through this. Off. It's kind
3: of giving like beetroot vibes because you just are like, I'm not putting this down. It's no. fun. You dive right in. There's so much plot happening.
4: It's conversational. It's international.
3: Yeah. It's got like Tokyo, Paris, Italy, Monaco, Cleveland. Greece, it's got diamonds. Pittsburgh. It's got like death. It's got affairs. It's got abuse. Coal
4: mining. And
3: it's got tons of like jewel heists.
4: Like, who heists anymore?
3: Literally no one heists, and we'll get into that. And we'll that. get
4: into why no one can heist. We read... You may have not heard of her.
3: You, you probably <laughs> you haven't, because like, I certainly haven't, until yeah. you told me about her, like, a few weeks ago.
4: And... I only found out about hers because I literally just saw this book in Barnes & Noble in the crime section, and I was like... And this is why we need to save our local bookstores. Brick and mortar.
3: Because you just have that interaction, that sense of discovery that you're just not going to get on Amazon.
4: No, you're not going to be like, oh, let me search iconic black jewel thieves.
3: Anyway, the book is called Diamond Doris by Doris
4: Payne, the most notorious jewel thief
3: in the history of the world. Truly.
4: Yeah, sorry. Name someone else.
3: <laughs> she's, like, this fabulous, glamorous, thin black woman from, like, the 60s. But also from now because she's literally fully she's still alive, alive and she's a 100. And she, like, just got busted, like, five years ago.
4: For, like, stealing, like, a $2,000 bracelet from, like, the most, like, random mall.
3: In Atlanta. But she's, like, still boosting at 90. Like, she is I, like, truly iconic.
4: Her philosophy... Which I kind of just to start out with about like stealing, I find so like fabulous because she's stealing like
3: jewels. And her whole thing is that she's not being so like Ocean's Eleven and like lasers and hacking. Her whole thing is it's all very pre tech, pre technology, pre surveillance. She walks into jewelry stores dressed as a fabulous rich woman. She then like sweet, she sweet talks the jewelers. And her two favorite words that she uses are confusion and familiarity. Get familiar with them, charm them, and then confuse then them where they're then
4: confused in the br- mix.
3: Bringing out so many different trays of rings and bracelets and watches and you're trying on so many things that they kind of forget how many things you are trying and how many things you were wearing when you came in.
4: And then you like switch out stuff. Well, also you always have to like come in wearing A lot jewelry. of jewelry. And then you confuse them and you have them talking about jazz and Count Basie and their children.
3: And you're putting on so many different rings and then it's closing time and then they're like switching with their other partners and they need to take a smoke break. And then you're just like... Well, I'll be back tomorrow and my husband will come with his big fat like bag yes. of cash. And they're like, OK, little lady, well, yeah. I would never suspect that and you would do anything.
4: It also relies a lot on the culture of like the 60s and 50s and 70s of just like a woman wouldn't be buying jewels for herself. I love the
3: way you said the 60s, the 50s, 50s and, and the, the 70s. 70s. What and we're calling the 60s sandwich. <laughs> I'll
4: just flip back and forth.
3: <laughs> but yeah, and she's like both... Her race is obviously a disadvantage in many ways, but then it's also really taking people by surprise because they've like never seen a rich black woman like so, walking into the department store,
4: right? Which then a little bit works for advantage because then they're like, "Oh well, she actually must be so rich."
3: They're always just like, she's "Oh, she's here. literally a celebrity." Yeah. and they always and because it's so like pre photos, like you, just, you like, don't know who anyone you is. don't know who any, No, it's crazy. Up until like 1984. It's just basically the 1400s. Like you could be Casanova walking into like Vienna and you can just be like, I'm actually like the Pope. And people like, oh, okay, we'll believe you because we've never seen a photograph before of anyone.
4: And it's like there are security cameras, but they're also like done on reel to reel.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And you're just like seeing the blurry back of someone from 30 feet away. And And they're like, well, that could be anyone.
4: She lived in an era where you truly still could just like put on a trench coat and sunglasses and like murder, assassinate, steal jewels and, like, get away with it because you're like, I'm in huge sunglasses. Deal with it. It was an iconic time. Literally, for crime. yeah. Uh. I was screaming during this book being like, you can't do this anymore. I mean, she still is, but, like, I feel like is getting caught because it is just so much more, like, mall security guard. I mean, you can and you
3: can't. Like, I... I think we both shoplift, like, sometimes. And I know we have done a lot more in the past. I would say in our 20s. Yeah. But I still, you know... With our weight privilege.
4: With our weight privilege.
3: Like, you know, I'll take water bottles and magazines from Hudson News at airports all the time. Because... Doris Payne. (laughs) I'm so Doris Payne. (laughs) I'm boosting tens of dollars (laughs) worth of duck wraps. Because no one's really paying attention. And then you're just on a plane and you're literally out of town.
4: (laughs) Well... It's funny cuz well I saw this book just at the Barnes and Noble and that same day you told me to boost the Lana book. Oh, yeah. And I did get like too nervous and I should have charmed and confused but I saw the security guy just like and it was empty and I was like I'm afraid.
3: I actually But I generally... hadn't read
4: the Doris book so I didn't know to charm
3: I think I accidentally recently boosted like the Andy Cohen book or something from Barnes because I was like talking on my phone and so distracted.
4: I'm like, oops. I think I recently boosted a Diet Coke and, and I hadn't stole something in a really long time. Icons <laughs> only <laughs> literally 20 ounce. You know, this is the way the only way I steal. Drinking something in Rite Aid or Walgreens oh, while yeah. you pick up a p- prescription. Oh, for sure. So and they already think and then you walk out, and you're like, oh well, I have my prescriptions. So, I just got to get my prescription. Sorry, I need my cholesterol medication. <laughs> I need my statins, darling. Okay, so Doris Payne, she grows up
3: in West Virginia, coal mining country.
4: Her father was like deeply Very abusive. Very abusive. And would always beat her mother, and she like hated to see it. And like.
3: She had that imaginary husband that she would beat on as a way to like. Repair the damage her dad was doing so she would have her like little like playhouse in the backyard and she had her fake husband named Vernon And she would be like beating Vernon up to kind of get payback on her dad Which is so sad but beautiful that the child is creating this life to kind of to solve it's own trauma Wait, also the part where like there's obviously a gay guy in the town and she's like, I knew he wasn't interested in women. And yes. he was doing my mom's, he was like brushing my mom's hair. And they were having such like girl gay time. And
4: the dad was so jealous and she was And like,
3: like beat the mom just for hanging out with a gay guy. Dad is yes. totally toxic.
4: The dad is for The dad's toxic. canceled. The dad is absolutely canceled, so just know that. But anyways, finally one day her dad is beating her mom and she throws, am I right? So, pot of
3: beans.
4: Oh, it was a pot of So she, So yeah, she beans. finally-
3: Gets back at her dad, and her dad is like beating on her mom, and she gets this pot of beans off the stove. I ran at my father and beat at his pant leg. He was such a large man; I was just a scrawny little dink, as my father called me. And then the whole rest of the book, her mom's always calling her
4: dink, dink. and she's like, "Dink, is that you?"
3: Her little scrawny Monday. body. Oh, again, yeah. Wait, she's like, uh, yeah. So,
4: I'm so thin. So one of our one
3: of our favorite tropes of literally every single memoir we've ever read is the celebrity in question finds a way to insert that they were so skinny as a child and that it was actually like really hard for them to be so tiny and skinny and have like huge, beautiful breasts but also be tiny. Well,
4: I will say like in the 50s, it was more like you were supposed to have a little more of like a bada-bang, bada-boom.
3: mean, you're supposed to be curvier.
4: People like curvier Well, I mean, this always
3: goes back to that classic thing where everyone's always like, no one knows this, but Marilyn Monroe Monroe was was a size size twelve. But then they're always like, no "No one knows this, but she was a size 4 in like today's size 18. And
4: everyone's like, no, you go to your local Victoria's Secret and actually a 36B is a 1952 36D. Think on that thread.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think the way that the shapes of dresses were contoured was being more like waist, tits, and ass, like and was yes. less being like athletic in Giselle body. However, I think people obviously are like 78% more obese now than they Definitely, were. Definitely, because if you
4: go to like mm, I don't know, for instance, like a vintage rockabilly store, like and they have vintage pieces. <laughs> Those like clothes be like tiny. they're <laughs> tiny, okay? And funny because Doris Payne's mother was a seamstress. And like Basically after she throws the pot of beans on her dad, like she convinces her mother to like go away to take a seamstress job to get away from the abusive dad. And she
3: bounces and goes to New York.
4: Yeah. And she's like peace. And she's like always oh, on a bus.
3: A lot of busses. A lot
4: of busses.
3: So the other funny thing about this book is she's traveling the world, but then always coming back to Cleveland.
4: She's like, well, I got a bus back to Shake. And it's Heights. kind of
3: genius because it's like, A, you don't shit where you eat. B, it's no. like such a low-key town. And then she like makes friends with all the police. And everyone kind of knows she's a thief low-key. But they're like, you're fab. So we're kind of going to yeah. let you get away with it.
4: This whole book, by the way, is everyone just being like, mm, at the end of the day, you're fab. <laughs> yeah. Like from the FBI to like, lawyers, police, like, literally, like, the Monaco embassy is like, look, just, like, surrender yourself, but, like, ultimately, we're going to really you because you're going to be fabulous.
3: you are fabulous. <laughs> like, yeah. you're the most fabulous woman we've ever seen. We can't really do anything about it. So, her first heist. Yeah, so her very first heist is with her, like, white friend, and she's pretending to be this girl's nurse because at this time, a lot of black women... Job was like be nurse, Work at nursing, homes. working at nursing homes. So she's with her friend. We took the elevator jewelry and accessories, we kept our arms length. I told her, Slump over a bit and look like one of those wafy Victorian heiresses. I put on a stern yeah. nurse's face. We walked like that up to the jewelry counter and I spoke for my rich, sickly patient. <laughs> Good morning, Miss Rockford would like to see your wedding sets. She is soon to be married and hopes to have some say over with the groom purchases. The clerk was a kind-looking older guy. He softened even more watching Norma tremble trying on rings. I almost cracked up. She was really playing the part. (laughs) Twice he said... Here, let me help. I was waiting for him to say, what's wrong with her? But this dude thought whoever was marrying her shaky ass was sure doing it for the money. He got to yes mammon and no mammon and pulling all manner of things out the case for my wealthy, young, sickly patient who was really a poor white coal miner's daughter. I kept my underwear on her waist and gave her a little tweak to say, take the damn thing. We got to go.
4: Her shaky ass. Her shaky he ass.
3: And then finally, the clerk bent down to the case and said, here, Miss Rockford, let me help you. I slipped a band and small diamond ring w- wedding ring into her dress. Pocket, sorry, sir. We'll have to come back tomorrow. Miss Rockford isn't feeling well. And then they bounce. So this is the kind of method where she slips something into the pocket, which she sometimes do. She does the mix of like wearing the rings and then like putting gloves on over, which is another thing you could really do in the fifties that you can't do now. Right?
4: Like, oh, let's say if I walked into Foot Locker, like, (laughs) and I was trying to steal sneakers, could I be like, oh, excuse me, while I put on my gloves? What you could
3: do is, (laughs) you could put on like like little COVID booties over the sneakers. Oh. Like you walk in wearing those and you're being like, sorry, <gasps> I'm so COVID. And then you try on the Foot Locker sneakers, leave with the booties.
4: Or dresses like a physical therapist because they wear those also.
3: The booties. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and I'm in full <laughs> scrubs. <laughs> booties over my sneakers. <laughs> you, Get the they, latest they, new balances. Call
3: her the PT <laughs> bandit. <Yeah. laughs> You've hit like 17 (laughs) foot lockers on the East Coast.
4: And they're like, hold on, the 574s are missing. (laughs) They weren't even released yet. (laughs) Celebrity Book Club.
1: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything, for every passenger, feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
4: Lily, what's something that
1: works so
3: well that it's basically magic?
4: I, not to be so American, but I love Aircon.
1: It's
3: incredible.
4: It's incredible. I, I used to sweat like a hog.
3: Well, another thing that works like magic is selling whatever you want to sell on Shopify.
4: Now, that's the global commerce platform that helps you
3: It turns customers into cold hard pounds sterling, my dear. It's a no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas, and Shopify will help you open up Shop.
4: And you're using Shopify?
3: I'm using Shopify magic to whip up captivating content that converts from blog posts to product descriptions. And
4: do they have amazing customer service when you have a snag or a rafu?
3: Oh, yes, when a rafu comes to town, my dear. I simply call I phone them up on my telephone.
4: Oh, so wonderful.
3: So here's what I want you to do. I'm sure you have a business or something. You probably sell some beautiful sweaters that you're hand-knitting with your daughter, maybe. What you need to do is you need to sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com such book club, all lowercase.
4: Go to Shopify.com slash book club now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash bookclub.
0: Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabe. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right. Sofas from only $639.
4: Her first heist is when she steals a watch from Mr. Benjamin, who is, like, the Jewish man. Oh, okay, wait.
3: So that was her origin story. Yeah. Well, she doesn't actually... She
4: rea- I think she it. realizes. So, yeah, so, yeah,
3: this is the moment she realizes. So. And
4: it's very, it's also, like, like, race, race dynamics stuff. in the 50s, where it's, like, this, like, Jewish shopkeeper is like, so nice to her and her mom, and, like, the dad is always jealous. And then this redneck coal miner guy comes in, and then the, like... Jewish guy starts being nice to the redneck. And, and, like, and like, his
3: whole demeanor immediately changes. And, and he's he was being like, mean to Doris. He was letting Doris try on a watch and like she's being so nine and being like, hey, mister, I yeah. wanna watch. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, this white guy comes in and he's like, now run along now, little girl. And it's like really dismissive. And she's just like, oh, oh like, now so, I see it. Like, he'll be nice to me only if there isn't- But like, you'll some switch on a dime. White man around.
4: And when she's doing that, He gets distracted and she's wearing all these watches.
3: But so first she's like a good girl and she's like, oh, Mr. Benjamin, like, you forgot I'm still wearing a watch. And then she gives it back and then she leaves and slams the door. She's like, that's right. Like, I want him to know
4: that, like, I'm not here to and steal. And I want the
3: white guy to know that he was letting me try on
4: watches. Yeah, and, like, seeing all the watches on her arm.
3: But that kind of puts the idea in her Put head. Put
4: a little uh, jewel in her brain that, she's that like, she could.
3: Oh, I can just, like, talk to people and then they get distracted and I walk out with the jewelry. And it's but, kind of like, okay, I'll just do that forever.
4: Well, yeah, And then when she does the nursing home hustle, after that, it's a done deal. She's like, why would I get, like yelled at and like abused by all these like old white women and wipe their ass when i can be literally literally a a fabulous jewel th- thief she's like it's kind of no question like
3: done <laughs> you know and i think the book is like obviously it's a book so it like has this very like tight narrative and like congrats the ghostwriter like she did a yeah. good job but like if she hadn't like witnessed her mom like being abused yeah, like this. if she hadn't like grown up in this coal miners town and like seen like as the coal industry was failing and then like everyone like really was falling on hard times and just like seeing like that like extreme microcosm of economic abuse and like racial dynamics and the sexism and just like how much the cards were stacked against her it's like I don't think she would have.
4: No, and I think she says that multiple times. She was like, I did this because my mom was being beat. Like, I was not going to be, like, a sad coal miner's wife. Like, I see, like, yeah, exactly. The cards are stacked up again, me to be, like, a black woman in the 60s, like, from a coal mining town. Like,
3: And I think if she had grown up in a city or
4: something
3: with, like, more excitement around her, she may not have, like, been so motivated to go all the way to just, like, Monaco. Monaco in thievery.
4: Yeah, which kind of brings us to the the next act is she has children. Okay, wait,
3: so she's so random about her kids. She just kind <laughs> of, like, has two kids and then just never and, really talks about and them. And does
4: not even mention the <laughs> husband, not even the husband, like, the guy who she has kids with. And she's like, ugh, he wanted more child support from me. But she was like, but I was in Greece.
3: Yeah, and so this is the one thing you're like, okay, like, go off. Yes. And, like...
4: Usually it's men running it's off. It's really men running
3: off and she's running off and she's kind of like, yeah, so he just kind of took care of the kids for a while. But then when I got rich and she like finally buys a house with all her jewel then heisting, Vonda and Ronnie. Then the daughter at like 16 who she's literally like never raised or seen her whole life moves back and is like, wait, fab, I'm going to live in this like fab room at your new and house. She's
4: literally just like, Mama, is that you? And then they, like, get in one fight where she's being like, I want to go with my friends. And she's like, no, you're not. And she, like, becomes a mother for the first time. Yeah, I
3: mean, it's one of those things where it's like, I wonder what their actual relationship was like. I mean, it kind of seems like they really don't have a relationship at all. But, but it feels
4: like they have more of a relationship later on when she's taking care of her mother yeah. dying. But it she's... doesn't seem like she has much relationship with her son. But then she's like, oh, it was Ron. she's Rhonda's- so close with
3: her own mother. I mean, her own mother is like yes. the biggest character in this book besides Babe, her like Jewish
4: lover. guy,
3: lover, slush, fixer.
4: Burly, tan, buff, Jewish guy who wants to be like a promoter. That's Babe. He sounds like a
3: total top. <laughs> He's
4: a total, total top. I mean, he sounds like very like lower grade mafia. Like- yeah.
3: And also like... All just, like, mid-sized towns were so mobbed up back in this day. I think
4: the Cleveland mob, which she talks about, was really mobbed up. So, basically, like, her and Babe, like, instantly hit it off, do a heist in Montreal. But then the news gets, like, word of it. And they're like, an interracial couple, like, was caught stealing jewels. And they haven't hooked up yet. And they're in her car, and he starts singing Count Basie to her (laughs) and starts... Tickling his fingers over and then on her thigh and grabs her hand. And she was like, he was trying to get it. I mean, is and there then,
3: anything sexier than you've just pulled off a heist in Montreal and you're driving back a to Fleet Cleveland? Went, by the
4: way. And then she starts seeing back to him. In this
3: big, wide American it's the, car. It's the
4: widest car on earth. And they just start seeing together. And then their relationship is very crime (laughs) polly yes so crime polly
3: where he has his wife and she's like myrna and she's like myrna's so like for romance and for like sleeping but myrna like
4: yeah she calls it romance and homekeeping, like
3: myrna like has pots (laughs) where myrna like at 5 p.m just cannot like stand up anymore and just has to lie down for the rest of
1: the day and then
4: she described she's like and i didn't mind he was married and i don't think myrna minded because like she would literally like fall down at 5 p.m and like couldn't make love anymore but then he would still
3: come home and sleep with her because doris has her rule no sleep. No sleepovers.
4: Literally Shane. But so their whole thing was sex in the morning. She goes, after my kids would go to school, Same, Honestly, I'd call my house the playpen. Yeah. <laughs> and so he would come over. They would fuck in that early morning Cleveland sunlight. That
3: gorgeous Cleveland light. Then they would flip through the pages of Char magazine and look at the latest <laughs> jewels at all the department <laughs> stores at midsize cities around the country and plan their next
4: heist. I'm like... Ultimate relationship goals. You're, relationship <laughs> You're both just like looking through like Pennsylvania magazine being like, oh, a new shopping complex has just opened on just 34th like, and Saratoga Ave.
3: I just like circling a like a three a carat p- diamond in Philly. But then still getting to sleep alone at night and spread
4: out in your bed. Her and babe. I mean, they had such a close relationship. A really
3: close business and sexual Sex. and political and regional relationship. Yeah,
4: and they would travel forever until sadly, this is so sad, he feels like he's getting too fat oh God. for Doris. I do
3: feel like she maybe made it a little bit about more about her than it was. But maybe, I'm sure. Because <laughs> well, she was just like, he was worried I wasn't fucking him anymore and he thought he got too fat so then he had to get lap band surgery
4: And then he had complications from liposuction and then died.
3: No, but he was too, like, embarrassed to go to Cleveland Clinic, one of the best medical facilities in the country. Excuse me.
4: Excuse me. Wonderful.
3: Wonderful. But he didn't want to go because he was like, oh, everybody will, like, recognize me there because I'm such a, like, famous, like, mobbed Mobbed. up guy in the Cleveland area. And I don't want people to know that, like, I had complications from my, like, vanity surgery.
4: Well, yeah, imagine, like, how fucked up liposuction was in 1972. No, I'm... Sure, they were
3: absolutely using like a crazy hose. and Yeah, it's just a hose and then they're like
4: kind of crazy sewing you up. Yeah,
3: they're just like scooping it out with a ladle from Williams-Sonoma. That's
4: always what I thought liposuction was. Scooping. Yeah, kind of scooping. I feel like it's more scraping. it's just like so like. At the end of the book, this is not a spoiler, but Doris does say just like, did I embellish stories? Yeah. Did oh, I yeah. <laughs> lie? <laughs> She's like, did I make it sound good for the story? That's up to you to decide. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, okay.
3: <laughs> no, I mean, that part is very movie. Like, there's parts of the book where you're just like, okay, you're already making this a in movie. In this
4: 2008 it's... Miramax. Well, this book was optioned. And the latest thing I read was like, Tessa Thompson is supposed to play her. Well,
3: first, Halle Berry was attached. I don't know what Halle's up to, but that was in like 2011. Then Tessa Thompson was attached. And then it was Pandemic. Here's what I was thinking though. I just feel like this would be such a better mini series. Well, and it would be um, so HBO Max and like,
4: yeah, five episodes. Slash like Queen's Gambit. Like,
3: I think it would be really good. Because here's the problem it's like, I do feel like when Hollywood is making movies about like black women in the 50s, they're always so like heartwarming and like serious. No.
4: what was that movie about? It's always NASA? hidden
3: figures.
4: That was Hidden Figures, or yeah. like
3: Green Book. Like it wouldn't be this sexy they don't, caper, like Catch Me If You or Can. Or they're
4: like, oh no, we have to go like so hard, so we they don't make an anti-hero character in the way they would, like a Tony Soprano, right? They're just like, no, we're going to play Motown and then we're going to have you like just kind of like walking through stores.
3: Or it would be like such a random ass mid movie. So like that movie Focus with Will Smith and Margot Robbie that no one has seen.
4: Oh, my God. And I remember that came out. I was like, I need to see this and obviously did not.
3: (laughs) Or it would be like. One for the money, which no one liked the <laughs> yeah. Janet Ivanovich movie with, um, what's her name?
4: Katherine Heigl that only we saw via oh, yeah. Groupon. It <laughs> was the first Groupon I ever purchased.
3: Yeah, they would just kind of do a bad job with a movie, and they just need to make a miniseries with an unknown. It would be so good.
4: It's also that thing where it's like, now... It's all about the series,
3: yeah. You know, TV the, summit, the binge, the five episodes. And it would be great episodes. because then you could do all the flashbacks to her coal mining town. Yes, and, like, and leave the dad them into each episode. It would be like a great
4: format, rather than like this montage scene where they're like, "She's in Greece. She's in Monte Carlo." It's like we could do a full episode of like her in Monte Carlo. Okay, wait. Let's get let's to talk Monte to, Carlo. We have to, it's let's so get there. Fucking fab. I want to go to Monte Carlo so bad. Ugh, same. And just be like, you know,
3: I've never even been and I'm like, Miss France.
4: Yeah, I, my next question was like, not to pry, but like, where is Monte Carlo? <laughs> I, it's like off the France, like
3: French Riviera. French Riviera. And it's like, okay. and it's where like Monaco is. Can I just say also, I love how she's been so like us in this book and always just being like, not me. Like when she gets to Monte Carlo, she's so gagged that she's there. She goes, I arrived at Hotel de Paris. This was the real shit. A palace-looking building that was hotel and casino in one. Palm trees in the front. Building had statues of naked goddesses. I was in my element again. The young bellhop said, This way, madame. There were buttoned-up upholstered sofas, pillars, fine oil paintings high above my head, and a stained-glass window of the heavens. I thought, hot damn! But I still kept my nose in the air as I followed the bellhop into the elevator into my room. I opened the French doors to the port, smelled the salty air, lay on the chaise lounge, and laughed out loud. Sweet baby Jesus.
4: Okay, and then this part is so fab. She goes to Monte Carlo. She gets a new boyfriend by that time, Kenneth in Cleveland. Does not tell him how long she's going to be there. She, (laughs) She goes... I wonder what Kenneth was thinking. But he was still new in my life. He didn't understand how long a European gig would take anyway. I found myself itching to read a newspaper. I needed some information from the outside. And so she's just like chilling at this hotel. Well, well, no, wait.
3: That's when she's already been arrested.
4: Oh, okay. What happens is
3: they do arrest her for this heist she does. And she's so ingenious that she hides the diamond inside the hem of her dress. And since they can't find it, They just, like, put her on house arrest in this fab hotel, and she's just, like, in a hotel getting room service every day for nine months. Oh, yeah. And then they just, like, let her go back to America. I loved
4: the scenery. The balcony was right over the Mediterranean where Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton had once vacationed. I could look out on the yachts and hear jazz playing, just like my first night in the city, and she's just on house arrest.
3: This scene where she hides the ring is crazy. So, basically, she goes to Cartier. She boosts this like half a million dollar This diamond, is her biggest heist. Her biggest heist yet. And she's like being super fab. She's trying to get a plane out of there, but at the airport, she like waits too long to get a flight.
4: And this is a big theme like She's always kind of like freaking out when the travel is about to happen. Like she has this freak out, like with a bus station.
3: Same. And after I've stolen that smart water from Hudson News, I'm just like, I better get "Get on the plane plane, plane, right
4: now. They're about to come for me. And
3: I immediately just get on the first plane out of there. I'm like, I don't care where it's going. So like these like kind of Air France police, like not real police walk up to her. And then they ask to like strip search her basically. I knew they didn't have a legal right, but I took out a Kleenex and blew my nose. It's cold in here. I know the floor is colder. Can I start by giving you my pantyhose first? I had the ring in my left hand, got my pantyhose off, and gave them to her. She shook them. As I put my pantyhose back on, I folded the ring into the Kleenex and pulled it up into the back of my pantyhose then i took off one article of clothing at a time to stay warm while she searched each piece of clothing so it's like the guards already searched the pantyhose and then she puts the kleenex with the ring in and then later she goes can i have fingernail clippers out of my luggage so i can keep myself looking nice then she asks for a needle and thread to fix the hem on my skirt I took down my skirt, took the ring out of my pantyhose, used the needle and thread to whip stitch the diamond ring into the hem where it stayed for months.
4: And that's a daughter of a seamstress. Literally. Like Like, she's employing every skill she's ever learned, well, You know, they're looking throughout, but they would never guess in the hem.
3: I mean... It's crazy genius. And this is why it's also good to be wearing, like, very kind of, like, stiff dresses. Her whole thing is being, like, I only dress like an elegant, like, Jackie O woman. I don't wear, like, loose, like, slutty clothing. And that time when she's, like, in Switzerland, she gets, like, her boyfriend's daughter to come. L- she's, yeah, like, she gets
4: Linda to come. She's and-
3: like, bring me clothes I would never wear. And she brings her, like, jeans. And she's like, I've never worn jeans in my
4: oh, life. And then she brings her also a polo. And she's like, ugh. I looked like a washed-up tennis pro. That's
3: how she like escapes from Zara. Escape because no she's one not. Recognizes her. No,
4: there's so many descriptions it's... of outfits where she's like, "I was in a Saks Fifth Avenue coat that hugged me in all the right places." Okay, wait. That other
3: time when she's leaving Europe and she's like, "I had to get a flight to Syria." Oh, yeah. She goes, first flight leaving was to Syria." At first, I thought that was an insane choice, but I felt paranoid. I love. it. She's like, "Not me being These so random, random and flying to Damascus." <laughs>
4: So she finally does. I mean, the talk about her mother's death is so sad. Her mother gets lung cancer from like coal mining. It's like so lung sad. Just like,
3: yeah, that actually happens to a lot of people who grew up in coal mining towns.
4: And you know, she cares for her mom, and her mom is like, "Will you please just marry Kenneth?" Kenneth is, like, "I want to be Don King." And then I think she becomes like a little bit, you know, closer with her daughter through her mother, and then her mother does like finally die, and it's like so sad and and then she does like have to surrender herself and like go to prison for the first time like but she goes to prison for like passport fraud yes that's the only way they can get her because her mom really was like flirting with this white fbi agent
3: yeah for so
4: long yeah who like broke down and started sobbing when he finds out that the mom died and you're like what this is what is also so movie about yeah. it
3: but the mom dies this like slow terrible death and then like her like other friend gets cancer and then like Ken gets cancer I just didn't say that she's like 75 and then is like, well, now I'm scraping Coke off the side of bags yeah. in Chicago because I still needed money. And then I actually went back to heisting and then she just like kind of gets back into the jewel game.
4: Yeah. And then she literally
3: then, in her seventies. And you're
4: like all of a sudden, cause this whole book is like Monte Carlo, 1970s. And then she's like, and then it was no, 2015. And you're like,
3: what? <laughs> yeah. 2011. I'm like, okay, now we fully have security cameras, babe.
4: And I think that is why like, her recent heights have
3: been a little tough, been a little sour.
4: Off. But my favorite thing is this guy, this judge, is so like shaming her for stealing, and they're trying to be so like, think of the shopkeepers, like, I can't believe you stole, like, that's not right. And she was like, mm, But have you ever gone to jail for your ancestors stealing blood diamonds from right. Africa? <laughs> And they're just like, they're okay, like, not you. You're carrying. Yeah, yeah. They're like, okay, Activista. And she's like, yeah, told you. You're a thief too. They try to shame her. And it's like, sorry, Tiffany's is fine. Well, also, like, what's actually
3: kind of crazy is when she realizes that a lot of the department stores where she's making most of her heist in the 60s, A, they have all this insurance, but B, they actually don't want to publicize the thefts that are above a certain amount because it means that too many trays were taken out and then those that on them the a it looks bad but it like the insurance company like won't actually pay for it if it was like their own negligence and so basically like they won't file a police report for it because it's like
4: if they're the stupid assholes basically like getting confused and so
3: she basically then she like gets this new rule she's like well i'm only going to steal if they've taken out like more than five trays she goes if they had more out and somehow lost one through any means they were shy about reporting the police who would send a report of the store's negligence to their insurance company getting a piece back when the mistake was theirs was worse than reporting the loss many of the stores were glad the piece was never found then they could report the loss as much higher Mm. than the value of the piece. And then she goes, those damn crooks. They would take hours or days reconstructing the truth to keep their insurance from going through the roof and to get more than the ring is worth. So yeah, because that's when she notices, there's like a notice in the paper where they're like, a ring worth $5,000 was stolen. And she's like, that ring that I stole was actually only 1500 Right. But they're saying it was 5000
4: And I think this is why, like, so Babe, like, taught her, all you need to do, like, when the first time she's arrested, he's like, you just need to go and surrender. And, like, obviously everyone's so mobbed up. And he's like, and I've talked to, like, the lawyer, and, like, everything will be fine. So they just kind of, like, need to give her a slap on the wrist and be like, I surrendered. Okay, it's fine. And, you know, they don't want the publicity and the insurance. Well, and
3: I think that there is this fascinating... Obviously, like, this is a victimless crime. And no. I think that's, like, very clear. And it's probably why it's, like, she's never really had to go to jail so much. Because it's just, like, it's completely non-violent. No one's getting hurt. And- no one's getting hurt. And, I mean, she's stealing, like, a couple insanely expensive pieces that are insured.
4: And what's funny is, like, they never also want to put her in jail because they're afraid. This is also very Doris, like, kind of gassing herself up. She's, like... They didn't want to put me in jail because they didn't want me to teach the other girls yeah, I what that. I do. And I'm just
3: like, is that? And they really thought that yeah, they were going like, be opening you're... up a high school?
4: But I guess that's like so many movies about like people running it from the inside and yeah. like teaching others. No, I mean,
3: jail is absolutely criminal school. I've always said that to my clients. Here's my hot take on Diamonds. They, I know what you're going to say. They're not rare. We, I feel like we
4: talked about this in another episode, but do go off. They're not
3: rare. They're not rare. To quote my own boyfriend, you mean the thing on the finger of every girl in Chicago? Every it's fucking enough. girl has a diamond on her finger. They're not rare.
4: I think as we said in the beginning, Zales.
3: Literally K-Jewelers. Zales. Hey, jewelers. Like, I was just talking to a friend of the pod, Arabella, who a literally jeweler. is a, a jewelry designer. And she was like, yeah, diamonds are boring. Like, colored stones are so much more interesting yeah. and varied. And it's just like... The best kind of diamond is a completely colorless diamond. That's right, kind but she of said, like,
4: she's like, that's the most expensive. And you're like, okay, so you just want, like, something clear it's just on your... Just blank.
3: It's, like, go off, I guess. Your ring finger? And, like, sure, like, there's been some fabulous diamonds throughout history and, like, go off. j
4: had a colored diamond, and that's why we all talked about it. Right, exactly. Yeah, a diamond ring, when I think of that, I think of a, a crinkly Irish hand at the dentist office stacked with multiple rings from weddings and engagements and anniversaries. like four rings and you're like 75.
3: You know, there's a lot of things that I think are insane about culture, right? But it's just like the fact that that has been so shopworn and is just still in effect and it crosses every single demographic line, like it's age, the race, ring. region, whatever. It's like you gotta have the diamond ring.
4: I think we're... Only now engagement girls are slightly, slightly breaking away, but only a small tiny portion of them and are like, like, ooh, I want my birthstone. And
3: even if you're so like non-traditional wedding and you're like, I'm wearing Converse, like that's my oh, Mason Jar destination wedding, whatever. Mason Jar like,
4: Converse is actually even more diamond. diamond. Yeah. Than like if you were like, I'm actually in a simple Vera Wang and I have an emerald ring.
3: Yeah, it's weird. It's like the more non-traditional you're going to the wedding, like the more you're actually digging in your little heels into diamond land.
4: Which brings me to my question for you.
3: Oh, what kind of diamond engagement ring do I yeah, want? Yeah, what
4: kind of engagement ring do you want? What's your like ideal engagement ring?
3: Okay. Um. VS2 level clarity. <laughs> Colorless or near colorless Obviously flawless No imperfections No fracture lines um, Thinking emerald cut Which is actually a non-traditional cut And it's longer um, Or possibly a square cut diamond Platinum band Pave gold diamond It's around so I a, love a, a, platinum Around the band. square cut diamond um, yeah. But yeah I
4: haven't even thought about it Whatever the, it's No fine. you haven't Have you like ever seen it? My ring it? size is 4B <laughs> <laughs> We go to your bookmarks It's like so <laughs> many rings
2: Celebrity <laughs> book club
0: It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's anabe icom Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply.
2: Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Show me me your your finest finest segments.
3: segments. What does she eat? What does she wear? How does she live?
2: What does
4: she eat? So she's sober, but she's a stoner, which I'm obsessed with. Oh, wait.
3: The quote when she goes, me and Kenneth smoked enough weed to cure a ham.
4: Amazing. And then (laughs) one of the last lines of the book, is she just goes, I light up a big-ass joint on my balcony. (laughs) In Atlanta. In Atlanta. And she just kind of is, like, thinking about her life. But the first time she has a drink is with, is it with the Japanese businessman?
3: No, it's with, like, a Nigerian cab driver in Zurich. She has a Key Royale. Royale. And And she's like, wait a minute, this is fun. Yeah, and
4: she's like, this is a lady
3: dream. And then she has, like, the worst night of her life where she's, like, arrested and she's, like, on a train to, like, Paris or something. And then she, like, hops out in, like, a cornfield. And, and, like, like...
4: gets in a cab. And then at the end, she's. Well, this is
3: also so the past where it's, like, if you, like, manage to escape the police, then you just kind of got to go. Yeah, you're you're going.
4: Yeah. And then she was like, did that happen? Was it a dream? I don't know. But it was a crazy night. And I blame Key Royales. Yeah. And I'm like, okay.
3: And then she never drinks again. No. I just don't think she's eating that much. I mean, she is mm. iconic in 99 she's... and I feel like the reason she lives so long is A not drinking and B like
4: Definitely not drinking and only probably only
3: eating just like some beans here and there.
4: Yeah, and I think like when she's at all these hotels, she says
3: at one point she can't cook.
4: Oh, she's very, I can't cook because she's like a girl boss. Yeah. She's not like she's cooking She's in the oven. Yeah. And she's like beans, maybe. I don't know what's happening here. I feel like she's very, her style of eating is literally just room service. It's like toast, eggs, Benedict, and two
3: it, strips of bacon. Yeah. And it's very like half of the meal is still there on the plate.
4: Yeah. Like in a photo of like, ooh, we started making love and just left and it's still like an egg and some it's toast. definitely an
3: egg with bacon and like two pieces. And then to like toast
4: glass of orange juice. She has one sip. She, I could see her having like a full glass of orange juice every day. More than coffee. Yeah. Like I start my day with vitamin C. Yeah. Okay. I'll double down on that. Orange
3: juice. <laughs> orange juice.
4: Which is very like
3: Fifties. What does she wear? Only the crispest
4: Crispest, skirt suits and pillbox
3: hats and gloves.
4: And like coats with belts.
3: Well, I love In the beginning, she has that like nail on her wall so she can zip herself into fancy dresses.
4: Oh, I need to do that to get into my corsets. Yeah. (laughs) And in the beginning of the book, since her mom's a seamstress, she gives her all these patterns. And her mom is like, you're pregnant. Like, you can't fit into this.
3: And she's just like, okay, fine. Like, yeah. stop being such a judgmental Judy. By
4: multiple, like, so fab, her just being, like, looking for patterns and being like, ooh, I want that.
3: Yeah, she sees what she likes and she goes and she, after and it. And she's
4: big Chanel sunglasses. I mean,
3: I do wonder if at 92, I think maybe she's like a little bit more just like granny style wearing capris and like a sweater.
4: Yeah, I mean, I was watching an interview with her where she was like getting out of jail and like being fabulous and they were trying to be like, will you do it again? And like, what happened? And she just goes, I got what I want. She's in like a black card game with some like sparkle on it. And I think just like. Cotton pants and sneakers. Yeah.
3: I think her house now is like again, like her style is giving 90. Like <laughs> yes. she is getting her hair like pressed Gurt. and dyed regularly. I think she has like some maybe like, like
4: a pink couch.
3: I was thinking like more like a cream or almost a yellowy, like kind mean, of leather couch.
4: Oh, leather couch.
3: Kind of like deep, wide, you know, with a really like kind of wide yes. um, arms, arms on yeah. the side.
4: Oh. I think her TV is like a little bit small. Actually, no. I think she's a huge no, she has TV. No, she's a massive. She's a massive TV. She loves watching sports.
3: Yeah, she likes sports. She's a guy's girl, and she has it. It's like one of those things, like where it's like built into the stand. She actually
4: is so eighty for Brady. I feel like she's like yeah. sitting with a blanket and like watching like Ohio State play like basketball yeah, and she's like has a bowl of chips but she's just having like one chip
3: absolutely one chip every and like a, fr- few and a
4: fresca yep. and is like oh bengals yes
3: absolutely <laughs> and there's like one bengals photo like framed and she doesn't have pictures of her kids because she like forgot about them.
4: i think she has like one one photo of Rhonda and ronnie and they are like checking up on her but i also feel like they're like eye roll about her like at this point being like are you still boosting
3: but maybe they're also like being like trying to sell like a T-shirt or something.
4: Oh, that's like like don't oh, you like think the merch? kids or are,
3: are, like they're trying to like get the movie off the ground? They probably
4: are. I also watched this interview with the guys who made the documentary about her. Shocker, they're gay.
3: Oh, of course, of
4: course. And like they were Wait, so the people
3: she talks about when she's like, yes, she was like in Palm Springs, and I was like, is this just like a gay guy? It was so like NYU student being like. I want to make a documentary I want to make you. a
4: documentary about you. Yeah. You're pretty fabulous. And they, like... This is my problem with, like, documentary culture today is, like, how exploitive it is. In this interview, they're like, no, like, she did grow up in a coal miner, but they're like, also, she's really manipulative. And I was like, yes, Wait. but who cares?
3: Wait, but you think they're being exploitative?
4: Their they're vibe. They're, or
3: they're just being not nice by saying she's manipulative? They're
4: being, like, a little exploitative, but also, like, she wants her story told. I just feel like every... Crime documentary, they're like too horny now.
3: I mean, they're definitely too horny, and it's so always, like, so staircase where they're, like, fucking their subject for seven years. Yeah, and... She, though, is literally an international jewel thief, and so I feel like she's less of, like, such a victim. No, I don't
4: think she's a victim. I just found them, Whereas like, a little like, bit, like... Where I want
3: to tell her story, and she and she's, like, get out of here.
4: But then she did, she because she wants a movie about herself.
3: I mean, again, we, I think we all want this movie to happen. We all we'll want slash, this the movie the bad,
4: so it's more... I guess I was maybe, like, jealous, and I was, like... I want to be the gay couple, like (laughs) getting the rights to your story.
3: There's obviously something going on with like rights and development issues. And and
4: shelving and and the pandemic. And and who's attached
3: to what. Right. I. Who are you in the book?
4: book? I mean.
3: I mean, I love Are you to travel. Doris? Yeah, like, I mean, and you're kind of Doris. But I don't have that confidence you to don't. steal a half a million dollar But you,
4: like, ring. definitely have more confidence to steal a newspaper at Odds and News than I do. Right. Do you think I'm babe? I'm a Russell Crowe lookalike, like, Jewish mobster in Ohio. <laughs> Am I a little more kind of?
3: I'm trying to remember because you're, like, more of a stoner.
4: Yeah, I guess I'm like, maybe I feel like babe is a little more like possibly like would rough up someone.
3: Sounds like you're the gay NYU filmmaker. Yeah,
4: I know. Honestly, I'm the gay and NYU filmmaker who already been a documentary about her. And I'm like, he actually did it wrong. I think I do it better.
3: We were literally recording a podcast about her right now.
4: Doris Payne was born in 1942 <laughs> in a small West Virginia black coal mining town. Okay, so we're both of these gays. But you I think you have hints of Doris. I mean, you've been to France,
3: but not on your own.
4: <laughs> not on my own. Dime, oh, yeah. But one, just pretty one, Doris. One
3: day you're going to travel yeah. alone. <laughs> and it's going to be so like when kids fly yeah, and I'm going to put you on a plane. On
4: and, like there's you're saying to like the stewardess. Yeah, I said stewardess. They're going to be like, "Okay, can you watch Lily?" And then they're like, "Where did Lily go?" At the end of the flight and I'm already like in big sunglasses. <laughs> But then Um, you're also being like, where are my wings? I give this book ten.
3: Yeah, I give this like ten Van Arpful watches at a time. I mean, it was really fun, and it was a really quick read. I like breezed through, couldn't put it down. It was just like it was a slapper.
4: It's a sleigh and a slapper. It's really fun. I hadn't heard of her, so that was also fun, and it's like just like a caper in a way. You know, we have our Ocean State and our Ocean's Eleven.
3: Yeah, but it's a charming caper.
4: Really charming. Bring it to the beach this summer.
3: Okay, have fun, club kids. Have fun,
4: club kids. Steal diamonds. Try on tons of watches.
3: It's a victimless crime. Best. Best.
4: Multi-million dollar podcast celebrity book club was produced by Darby Masters. I met her in Cleveland. It was 1962. She worked at the Five and Dime. (laughs) We had some fun together. The supervising producer is Abu Safar. We met in Monaco. He sold me a watch worth $3 million. The executive producer is Christina Everett. We've never met, but she's the only jewel thief in this town. The artwork is by Teddy Blanks. I have one of his pieces in my home. I don't know how it got here. The theme song's done by Stephen Phillips Horst. He used to play at this jazz club in Montreal. I liked what he does on the drums. This podcast was co-created with Prolip Projects. Soon I hear they'll be selling a new line of watches. I plan to visit one of their locations very soon.